What's up, folks? What's up, citizens, voters? How y'all doing out there? I hope everyone's doing great. This is Citizen the Pod. It's Kina Zantel. And this show just keeps getting better and better. I'm so excited about our guest today. It's crazy that this is the first time meeting her. And she's been in the game for a while. I guess I'm old because I was in the game back then. But I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Legislator, Erie County Legislator, April Baskin. What's up? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have my first elected official on the show. Like, I'm getting, I'm getting, getting somewhere, okay? Okay, are you having a good day? I am. Today's a great day. I'm always blessed. Awesome. (laughs) Um, So tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is April Baskin. I serve in the Erie County Legislature for District 2. Um, I was elected into office um, last year's primary, mm-hmm. so um, I was sworn in January 4th, 2018, so this is my first term, first year of my first term. I serve as majority leader of awesome. the legislature. Major. And <laughs> I am also chair of the MWBE committee, as well as the Public Safety Committee. Awesome. Okay, folks, so as you can see... She's doing big things for us. Like, we need her. I'm excited we got the opportunity to vote somebody like her into office. So let me get to some juicy stuff. So first, what motivated you to run for office? Well, I have always been a public servant. Mm -hmm. I've always been someone who has been passionate about making sure that People specifically from disenfranchised backgrounds have accessibility to opportunity. Mm. Um, I befriended um, someone who was a former elected official who currently worked in local government. And uh, she told me that my predecessor, Betty Jean Grant, Mm -hmm. Uh, who's been an elected official for years. She's a legend. Yes, definitely. Um, She would be vacating her seat to challenge Mayor Brown Mm -hmm. in the mayoral race of last year, which left for an open seat. And she really began to speak to me about the opportunity to represent women Mm -hmm. and the importance of African-Americans and diversity on the legislature. Mm -hmm. And it should be something that I consider. Um, The more research that I did on what county government actually does for the people, um, I saw that it actually was a good fit for me. And that is the most important part of, you know, I think, this process and the role that you're serving now is the fact that you actually do impact people's lives on an everyday level. Yeah. I don't think most people understand what Erie County legislators do. Mm-hmm. So can you tell them a little bit about that? So there's two jobs of a legislature, legislator in the legislature. There is um, oversight of the county's budget. Okay. So the county is allocated funds from the federal government. Erie County gets $1.7 billion. And it is the county executive who um, allocates those funds. Some of those funds are mandated and some of those funds um, are distributed at his discretion. And um, that's also a combination of taxpayer dollars. And then there is a governing body, the legislature, which is made up of 11 members that acts as a checks and balances system Mm -hmm. for that budget. 
So we uh, have to finalize, approve, and amend um, what the county and his the county executive and his administration um, see as what's in the best interest for taxpayers' dollars. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, we are lawmakers, mm -hmm. and we have jurisdiction over very specific things, and it's basically quality of life issues. Okay. So everything from veteran services to senior services, mm -hmm. social services, um, uh, child welfare, so um, ch uh, child protection services, foster care, the health department, environmental health, mm -hmm. the things that people actually need day to day to survive, right. which differs from um, city elected officials, which focus on development and infrastructure right. and revitalizing the city and making it marketable in terms mm -hmm. of being a, um, a competitor with other cities across the nation. We, the legislature, focuses on people's needs as it pertains to their day-to-day -day life. So in a nutshell, y'all deal with all the crap. <laughs> and the city gets to be off roof. When I first met Mark Polenkars, <laughs> actually one of the things that he said is county government is the non-sexy government. Right. It's the boring government that nobody wants to do. Right. So you really do have to have a heart for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what he was trying to convey. If you're looking for the fancy ribbon cuttings right. and um, yeah, to show right. up and wave on floats at black club parties, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't do much of that. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> I'm usually um, in my office making sure that a single mother um, that's living in poverty has um, food stamps to be able to provide uh, food on the table for her children mm -hmm. next week. Right. You know, real, mm -hmm. the real stuff. Right. Um, in regards to the county budget, because we, we just mentioned that, okay, the city, they get to do all the pretty stuff, they right? Get so, to do it. <laughs> you know, how do you, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to ask is when it comes to the allocation of funds or where the money's coming from, do, are county governments getting less funding than city or state? Or the city or the state? Um, it, it differs okay. um, based on what the federal government and our state legislature allows us to have. Okay. So in-house, we have taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, it's what's allocated from the state and what's okay. allocated from the federal government. A lot of federal government um, dollars are mandated. They right. would say this amount of money has to be spent on, on social services. Okay. Like $600 million has to be sent, spent in the social services department in your county. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is a part that is discretionary, which the county has jurisdiction over um, arts and cultural um, venues and services. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of youth programming. Mm -hmm. So uh, the county has um, a lot of programs um, like prime time funding okay. where um, different um, non-for-profits can apply for funding to apply um, funding towards programs that will enrich the lives of our youth. Okay. So, you know, we... It really depends. When you look at the city, there's an investment from our governor with the Buffalo Billions right. and, and um, Better Buffalo. And so mm -hmm. there's lots of, of funds coming for city projects. Right. Um, the county, sometimes that that is, is, is not as available. It's right. different. Mm -hmm. okay. So we had touched a little bit on the importance of women and um, people of color running for office. How important do you think that is, especially now, especially 
during the Trump era. Yeah, I'm actually excited about how many women um, nationally are running for office, but um, representation is important. Mm -hmm. And if you there is no diversity in our representation, then we have people making decisions about our day to day mm -hmm. life that do not identify with our experience. Mm -hmm. So the unique thing about me is if the county has jurisdiction over um, the health and welfare of women and children, mm -hmm. and I come from a background where I am um, a single mother who is a person of color under the age of 40 currently in graduate school, when I approach voting on those issues mm -hmm. or thinking about how those cutting that funding or adding to that funding will impact my community, I'm looking at it from a, f a first person narrative. Mm -hmm. What if it were me? Right. Um, and if you don't have somebody that's an elected official that doesn't think like you or understand your values and your concerns, mm -hmm. you're in danger. Mm. So if we want to see um, women who currently, you know, make um, um, so much less money than men to yeah, do I the exact same job. 70, well, is it white women are in the seventies, black right. women are in the sixties, and I think Hispanic women are in the fifties. Yeah, it's fifty-four cents for every dollar, dollar. for uh, Hispanic women, and um, African American women are at sixty-four percent. Right. So if we want to see that sixty-four percent of African American, sixty-four percent on the dollar that uh, of Afro for African American women to be able mm -hmm. to increase, you would want an African American elected official. Right. There to be able to advocate and understand what it's like to be you and your struggle. It's so, important. yeah. So have you are you paying attention a little bit to what's happening with um, Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court position? Yes. And um, it's funny that we're talking about having representation or having someone who understands who you are or your perspective representing you, especially in the highest judgeship in the land, on the highest court in the land. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Senator Booker and Senator Kamala Harris mm -hmm. did a good job mm -hmm. at, at making it completely clear that he, mm -hmm. under, he does not understand the perspectives of communities of color and especially what women of color need these days. Right. I mean, and, you know... It just feels like the narrative to me gets brushed away sometime in the right. media because there's so much other, there's so many other scandalous things happening happening, especially with him. We just had, you know, a doctor come forward and say that, you know sexually violent. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. you know, he was inappropriate with me in high school. Mm -hmm. Now she doesn't remember the details, but it's just crazy to me that people don't just don't understand that perspective yeah. these days. I commend that woman for coming forward and her voice because I really don't think that there's um, anything uh, that she would necessarily gain for doing that mm -hmm. other than being um, demanding transparency in the people that we elect to, you know, being, being our leaders. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, that is the, the highest position of judgeship that you can reach in mm -hmm. this country. So to have someone whose values and morals, um, regardless of when it happened in the, in his right. lifespan, um, be um, so skewed and mm -hmm. so unjust when it comes to women, that is, that does uh, put me in a position of discomfort. Right. That's not someone who can't, not only can he not represent me, but he doesn't respect right. Right. Women. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't respect people who are like me. Right. So, um, I, I, again, I think um, Senator Harris and um, Senator Booker did an amazing job right. at um, holding this man accountable to every single decision 
um, in every single situation that he has been involved in mm -hmm. and, and, and enforcing a sense of transparency so that we, the American people, actually understand what is happening before our eyes right. when it comes to um, picking people to represent us in the Supreme Court. Right. And what we're, we've also seen over the last few days, so for Judge Kavanaugh, you know, a lot of people are making the argument, well, he did it so long ago that oh shouldn't he be able to change as a person but then we have a white officer walking into someone else's apartment shooting him in cold blood and they're trying to make him a villain by a bag of weed this man mm -hmm. violated a young lady like mm -hmm. and it wasn't him grabbing her butt he wasn't he didn't grab a titty and run like mm -hmm he may have put his hand around this young woman's mouth and held her down. Like that's vicious. So I just, I just, it's crazy that black people can't be given that same leeway. And I mean, this, this officer took a life and we can't, we can't give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't deserve to be killed. Right. But Kavanaugh, we can victim. give a pass. Like, right. He's the victim of the media and the left liberal and, you know, and the liberals. Mm -hmm. Right. So we live it in is a crazy the time. opportunity to pick and choose it. There is um, so much discomfort in that. That's how New York State recently lost their ARAG um, wow. where he resigned. Mm -hmm. But I think um, if we're going to send a message in a movement of Me Too, in mm -hmm. a movement where um, our, our chief executive officer of the United States <laughs> says such egregious things when it comes to women's sexuality right. and how you handle them. If um, our state's um, chief attorney mm -hmm. um, feels that because of the narrative that's been brought out in the press regarding him and women means that he should resign from his position, why should anything be different for Judge Kavanaugh? Right. If we're going to set a bar and set a standard, we have to keep to it and stick to it. And, you know, and then we can all just say, well, there are 19 allegations against the president of the United States and he's sitting cute and pretty and still tweeting every day. <laughs> Uh, Some would say we live in what we live. I don't, I don't think know. He's sitting cute and pretty at all. That's what he thinks. Yeah, that's what we'll he allow thinks. him to think that. <laughs> they definitely are giving him a pass. I'm no, telling you. No, we see him for who he is. Those what? of us, you know, that have real eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, half of Congress right now is just right. They're not being a legislature mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. right? They're not holding the executive office accountable. No, I think they're desperately trying to survive. Which um, it leads to um, a lack of trust in the American people. When people don't trust government or believe in it or it's looked at like some type of um, reality show reenactment, right. that's when people become disengaged. Mm -hmm. So that's the concern that I have with all the buffoonery that's going on. It adds to this notion that um, voting right. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. Mm -hmm. And that's a lie that they tell specifically our people to keep us weak mm -hmm. and to keep us out. Uh, voting does matter. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a source of power mm -hmm. and we have to utilize it. I just left a block club meeting and someone asked me about um, 
should Sheriff Howard be removed? Um, that's not even in my my power to decide. Removing the sheriff at this point would um, be under the power and authority of our governor. But um, I've never said, regardless of how I feel about him personally, um, whether or not um, I feel that he should be removed because he is an elected official, just like I'm an elected official, mm-hmm. and. Um, elections have consequences right. and that's what we're dealing with right now mm-hmm. so if you want the sheriff removed you need to exercise your power on election day mm-hmm. that's how you do that right you know so this area has a a very troubled narrative when it comes to criminal justice issues um there there was recently a study that came out that showed cities like buffalo cleveland um places like Gary, Indiana, that there are legitimately zip codes in which murders go unsolved. Like, mm. I mean, zero to a suburb that has three killings and all three murders, someone is found, someone is tried for that. Mm. Um, and we are also battling with the, some things that we've been seeing happen under Sheriff Howard at our Erie County Holding Center. Can mm-hmm. you tell folks a little bit about what the fight is and what people are talking about. Well, um, in my capacity as chair of the Public Safety Committee, I've been absolutely passionate about um, the ongoings at the holding center. It is um, disproportionately uh, horrible uh, death rates, um, majority of them suicides, but um, two in particular, um, homicides that have happened with the detainees. Mm. And um, I say detainees because people that are in our holding center are in holding until uh, their due process allows them a trial and a judgment by a a jury or a judge. And so um, we cannot begin to to think that everybody that is in the holding center is a bad person or or did their crime. Mm -hmm. But even even if so, if we if we found a percentage rate out there where a majority of the people that were in the holding center ended up being convicted, um, there are still basic human rights that Mm -hmm. everybody needs to have a human needs uh, food, a human deserves uh, shelter, and a human being deserves um, the right to, to, to have um, proper nourishment and health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and those human rights are being violated mm-hmm. according to state reports in our holding center. And that, to me, um, is a huge concern because I know I represent a district that is urban, that's mm-hmm. in the city of Buffalo, and that um, is predominantly people of color. And um, I don't have particular statistics on me, but it, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to know that all. people of color frequent the criminal justice system um, at higher rates than our white counterparts. Mm-hmm. So when you put that equation together, you have a majority of people of color who haven't been um, necessarily convicted of a crime being held in a facility mm-hmm. where there are high death tolls um, happening and horrid living conditions, and I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 just not okay with that. So um, the case that has been uh, before me. Um, this year, we go back to February. So I was I was sworn into office in January. In February, a state report from the State uh, Commission of Corrections issued a report that listed Erie County's holding center as one of New York State's five worst jails in the state. 
So I brought in the sheriff. I asked him some questions about it. They were in violation of things like grievance, grievances, mm-hmm. um, reportable incidents. If um, a detainee feels violated or mistreated or that something, a human right is being withheld or abused, the process in which they grieve is not being followed accurately. So then how can people actually determine right. if these people are being violated or mistreated mm-hmm. in the holding center? I'm not even talking about the correctional facility. Right. I'm talking about the place where you go and you are held until your trial. Um, I'm not okay with that. So we, the, I brought them into the public safety committee. We had some dialogue about that. You fast forward um, to, to May or June, the state issued another report just a couple weeks later, citing that a detainee um, by the name of India Cummings, who was 27 years old, who died in 2016. Um, She died at the hospital, but it was um, due to her um, succumbing to illness over at the holding center. The state ruled her death a homicide after their investigation. So... Um, yeah, that May somebody had hung themselves in the holding center. And a couple years before that, Richard Metcalf was beat um, horribly by um, a couple of sheriff deputies, and he ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. And no one um, was held accountable for his death. The statute of limitations ran out on pursuing that case. So um, I don't want that to happen with young Miss India Cummings. That could have been me. That could have been you. That right. could have been our daughter. That could have been anybody, any of the viewers listening. Um, if if something happens and you find yourself arrested, and if you come from a community that is um, arrested more often than any other communities or race, mm-hmm. and you just find yourself in the holding center right. awaiting your trial for justice to be served, and you're in this place where the state And remember, the Department of Justice in 2009 came in and sued the county because of the horrid conditions. So we got the federal government, we got the state State government over a a period of time saying this place is just not safe. So uh, our young black men, our young black women on the street um, being over-policed in their communities, going into the holding center, awaiting trial, and coming out dead, I'm not okay with that. So I've been... pushing this and um, reaching out to the DA's office who passed the case on to the attorney general. And the attorney general is in a place of transition because she's leaving and the new attorney general that was just elected, you know, a week ago is coming in, but I'm not going to stop because again, that could be me. That could be you very much. So with us being uh, women of color, no, literally it could, it could be us. Mm -hmm. Um, India Cummings didn't have to die. Nobody should die in the holding center. If you have to go to jail, um, if you have to be held, if you have to be detained, if you have to be a prisoner because of you doing wrong, then the way that our country is set up is you do your time. You shouldn't be dying. Mm -hmm. And that's my point. Mm. So who is in a leadership position now over at the holding center? Sheriff Sheriff Tim Howard is our sheriff. And how many deaths have we seen under his watch? So Sheriff Howard has been in leadership. So before he was sheriff, he was under sheriff to the previous sheriff. And then that sheriff got elected um, to the state Senate. Mm-hmm. And then he served as the interim sheriff. And after he was interim sheriff for about five months, he became the official sheriff. So if we want to look at the 20 years where he's been in just leadership, it's been 41 deaths between the holding center and the correctional facility. Mm. If you want to break it down and um, ask about just his 
deaths under his watch as the sheriff. It's been 21 deaths in the holding center, six deaths in the correctional facility in his 13 years as sheriff. So is that two a year? Yeah. Two a year. Okay. Wow. So, and then you also mentioned... How many people have to die? Right. Like before we... Before the legislature, before county government, before the people, I think this is an effort on us all. I'm not trying to call out my partners in government because I do believe I work with some people that are passionate about this issue too. But there is, like I said, um, consequences to elections, and there's only our hands are tied to a certain point because. A certain amount of people did elect him to be the sheriff, but um, my job is to provide oversight. So I will continue to ask questions about the holding center um, because of these outcomes. So do you think the media narrative has not been as strong as it should be on this issue? Because I feel like this is something we've started talking about in the last two or three years. But prior to that, I mean, I just... Do you think people don't care because they're not, it's not talked about enough? I don't think people don't care. I think, um, I think we live in a day and age where a lot of information is controlled by um, everyday average people like you and I Mm -hmm. through social media outlets. And I think um, people have various priorities. So when we are, and this is just my opinion, okay. when we are urged by the media to care about um, a Trayvon Martin or um, a, um, 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 her name is escaping me, Sandra Bland, say her name, April, mm-hmm. Sandra Bland, um, a situation that happened in uh, Ferguson, you know, then that pushes us to kind of uh, pay attention Mm -hmm. and to be riled up and to share statuses and to share information. Um, If the media doesn't report, then um, I don't know how engaged the community is. But I don't think that that doesn't mean that people don't care because they're not talking about it. A lot of my term in county government, I've found that information gaps with people cause a lot of problems. So there are areas where people are complaining that the county is not helping them, Mm -hmm. and the county actually does offer a service that can help them, but the marketing and the accessibility to it is creating the problem. So um, some issues that we don't address enough or we don't have enough engagement in, it's because of the marketing and how are we reaching the people and Mm -hmm. are we being intentional. I believe my peers and my residents in the community that the communities that I engage with, I, I think they care. Well, votes matter. Yes, they do. Um, Sheriff Howard has been in office for 20 years, elected for 13, or was he elected as undersheriff too? No, uh, undersheriff's appointed position, so 13 years. 13 years. So, you know, we've somehow we've got to figure out what is it going to take for the community to just vote him out because I think it's clear that it's time. So, you know, what do you think? When was his last? Do you remember his last election? Do you, you know? Yeah, we got in together. So he's. He just got voted. Yeah, he started his term with me. So January marks another four years. So we've got to figure out a way as a community to, you know, galvanize around one issue to make the next time he runs for office just one of the most important elections in this area. I mean, they were able to vote out a district attorney in Ferguson recently, and the people out there are just having a sigh of relief. Like, I think it's time for us to have our sigh of relief, don't you think? 
I do. I think we have to be strategic about that. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, personal opinion, mm-hmm. I don't want to say this, but I'm not going to say it. I just feel like being transparent because it's been a long day. The legislature might want to consider increasing the salary of the sheriff and make it a little bit more competitive. Um, because um, Erie County is a heavy-duty county, um, and there's a lot, a lot of work to do. And I think it needs to be somebody uh, that's um, um, youthful. I won't say in their youth, but that can relate to the youth. I think that might personally be an issue. And I say this from my experience in trying to engage voters. Um, the youth don't feel represented. I think a lot of my support comes from women of color, single mothers, and people that are in their 30s. Because when I talk, I talk like them. Right. My issues are their issues. They can relate to me. And I think if you want to attract people to the voting polls, people have to believe that the person that they're voting for gets them mm-hmm. and understands them mm-hmm. and um, understands their values and the things that matter to them. So um, I, I would um, like to see uh, the people elect um, a sheriff who... Um, I think we need we need a sheriff that is going to um, have a different morale when it comes to embracing change. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that because I know firsthand that I have actively and aggressively reached out to the sheriff's office, not about removing him, not ridiculing him, only bringing forward issues that the federal government and the state government have found mm-hmm. and asked questions about it and offered an olive branch to pr- progress and have change, right. improve policies and improve procedures. And I don't feel that I've been received. Oh, so okay. I would like to see a sheriff who is open to doing better right? in a sheriff's office who is open to this, is, this standard where we're at is not good enough. We have to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to mobilize more people who don't vote, it needs to be somebody that mm-hmm. we find a little bit more relatable. Um, that's awesome. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> um, so the midterms are upon us. Mm-hmm. Like I've been saying, I've been nerding out on everything that is happening. I've been paying attention to all the amazing candidates. I mean, we've got, we might have two Muslim Americans mm-hmm. in Congress, women. Mm-hmm. We may have our first Native American black governor, mm-hmm. um, not black Native American governor of Idaho because we have Gullum running in Florida. Mm-hmm. We have Abrams mm-hmm. in Georgia. We yes. got Jealous. We've got Presley. I mean, like, come on, people. Like, right. it's like a lituation. Like, yeah. I think I'm going in November, like, with a little pep in my step. Like, yeah. it's just, this is like how I live. But it anyway, how do you feel about the midterms? How important are they to you? Oh, they're super important. Um, you have to break down government within its jurisdictions. That's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. So on a national level, we got to protect democracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we have a, um, a leader in the executive office that is, you see, I'm trying to use my yeah, words no, right. very wisely, um, that is not, in my opinion, um, doing the best job on behalf of people's interests. Right. 
And um, that was I'm, just such a nice way to say he's terrible. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. We, you don't read no books. We have to. <laughs> Americans have to. We have to protect our democracy. We have to protect the process in which this country is supposed to operate mm-hmm. and continue to fight for equity and equality um, for everybody to be able to operate in that way. So um, you have to be involved on the national level to um, levy what is going on in uh, D.C., which is absolute chaos. Right. Um, on a state level, we got to keep um, legends like uh, Assemblywoman Crystal People Stokes in office, people that, like I said, we identify with, that we see in our community, mm-hmm. that represent our issues. And then um, if you want to have a voice and you want to have your voice heard, local government is the best way to be involved and right. engaged. So we have um, Angela Marinucci, who is running for clerk. And um, if she is elected, she will be the first woman elected to um, serve in an elected position in county government since Kathy Hochul left Congress in 2011. Mm. So it's been a minute. Yeah. And, and, and women's voice needs to be heard mm-hmm. um, when it comes to county government. Because like I said, um, our powers with it lie within quality of life issues. So, um, yeah, I, again, state, uh, uh, nationally, it's about protecting democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, state level, it's about people who represent us. State dollars get um, trickled down into our smaller communities. And in our smaller communities, it's about when people receive that trickle-down money, do they value the things that we value? Do right. they look like us? Do they have the issues that we have? Mm-hmm. That's important. So what's next for you? I would uh, want to be <laughs> one of the greatest freshman legislators that, you know, has ever graced Erie County. Shoot for the stars. I'm shooting for the stars. I am. I, I want to do a good job as a legislator. I want to represent District 2. I want to make some noise. I want to shake things up. I want to be progressive. Um, outside of our Deputy County Executive, Maria White, um, we are the only two legislators in history who have come in in our first term and get promoted to majority leader. So um, that's a big deal for me, and I want to do a good job. I have to double as being a representative for the people of District 2 and running the legislature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean, as majority leader and um, keeping everybody's interest um, at heart. The elected officials keeping us all working together and on the same page. Listen, folks, you know how, and you know how I feel about this situation, okay? Like, you got to be about being about it if you're gonna run for office like don't take it lightly be about the people like you already know the deal like get it together it's the surge 2018 like we got to get out here and vote you got people out there registering folks to vote like yes good yeah because we need it running for committee seats um being engaged in in the process in which we choose what candidates will be endorsed Mm -hmm. by the democratic party and um, working on campaigns, work supporting other people, mm-hmm. um, it, matters. Right. it matters. So where can the people find out more about you and events and all that good stuff? So you can visit my Facebook page. I have a county page, which is County Legislator April Baskin on Facebook. Um, I have April 4, Erie County, which is more of the initiatives and the events um, and my political politics, um, that my political platform. 
And then I have a website, which is April the number four, Erie County. Mm-hmm. If you want to check out my legislation and the things that I have introduced into the legislature from um, being sworn into office in January, you can just go to erie.gov and click on legislature and click on um, meeting minutes and look at what has happened over the last year. And you'll see the issues that I've been fighting for, the resolutions and the local laws that I have been writing and trying to pass to represent um, the voice of the people that I um, that elected me. Um, yeah, so Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram just as April Baskin, mm-hmm. my website, and, of course, Erie.gov. Listen, folks, I am, like, so grateful that we have somebody out here, like, rocking for us, like, for <laughs> real, like, about that life. And you already know how to find her. Y'all, know, y'all should know how to find me, okay? It's at the surge 2018 Instagram and on Twitter. Y'all know you can also find me at Citizen the Pot on Twitter. See, I like Twitter. I like to talk trash. That's <laughs> what you do on Twitter. So you can find me in both those spots. Uh, listen up. I mean, every week is just going to get better. Thank you so much for Thank being you. on the show. Like Thank this was, you. this was popular. Thank you for having okay. me. This was cool. This would be up on YouTube. You can find this on anchor and everywhere else you can find a podcast. So, Again, thank you all for listening, and this was Citizen the Pod.